About a decade ago, a Yale University researcher, Dan Kahan, showed students some footage of a protest outside an unidentified building. Some of the students were told that it was a pro-life demonstration outside an abortion clinic. Others were informed that it was a gay rights demonstration outside an army recruitment office. The students were asked some factual questions. Was it a peaceful protest? Did the protesters try to intimidate people passing by? Did they scream or shout? Did they block the entrance to the building? The answers people gave depended on the political identities they embraced. Conservative students who believed they were looking at a demonstration against abortion saw no problems with the protest, no abuse, no violence, no obstruction. Students on the left, who thought they were looking at a gay rights protest, reached the same conclusion. The protesters had conducted themselves with dignity and restraint. But right-wing students who thought they were looking at a gay rights demonstration reached a very different conclusion, as did left-wing students who believed they were watching an anti-abortion protest. Both these groups concluded that the protesters had been aggressive, intimidating and obstructive. Kahan was studying a problem we met in the first chapter, the way our political and cultural identity, our desire to belong to a community of like-minded, right-thinking people, can, on certain hot-button issues, lead us to reach the conclusions we wish to reach. Depressingly, not only do we reach politically comfortable conclusions when parsing complex statistical claims on issues such as climate change, we reach politically comfortable conclusions regardless of the evidence of our own eyes. That was a clip from Tim Harford's new book, The Data Detective. I really enjoy his podcast as well, Cautionary Tales. It's a pretty scary anecdote of how we have evidence, but we interpret evidence according to our own political beliefs. And it's something that we probably don't examine enough when we have political debates, especially online, but also just within ourselves internally. It's quite common to say that everyone's entitled to their own opinions, but they're not entitled to their own facts. But when your opinions shape your facts, that's a totally different question. Tim Hartford points out that it's not about education or expertise. As we saw earlier, expertise is no guarantee against this kind of motivated reasoning. Republicans and Democrats with high levels of scientific literacy are further apart on climate change than those with little scientific education. The same disheartening pattern holds from nuclear power to gun control to fracking. The more scientifically literate opponents are, the more they disagree. The same is true for numeracy. The greater the proficiency, the more acute the polarization. The solution that Tim recommends in this chapter is to maintain some level of curiosity and open-mindedness. It's very possible to have more education and less of an open mind, and I definitely see that among a few people that I know. So I guess this is a reminder for you to question the data that comes in, and I like the checklist that he starts the chapter with, so I'm going to leave you with that and recommend the book and the podcast, which I'm going to check out myself. I can think of nothing an audience won't understand. The only problem is to interest them. Once they're interested, they understand anything in the world. Orson Welles. I've laid down 10 statistical commandments in this book. First, we should learn to stop and notice our emotional reaction to a claim, rather than accepting or rejecting it because of how it makes us feel. Second, we should look for ways to combine the bird's eye statistical perspective with the worm's eye view from personal experience. Third, we should look at the labels on the data we're being given and ask if we understand what's really being described. Fourth, we should look for comparisons and context, putting any claim into perspective. Fifth, we should look behind the statistics at where they came from, 
and what other data might have vanished into obscurity. Sixth, we should ask who is missing from the data we're being shown, and whether our conclusions might differ if they were included. Seventh, we should ask tough questions about algorithms and the big data sets that drive them, recognising that without intelligent openness, they cannot be trusted. Eighth, we should pay more attention to the bedrock of official statistics and the sometimes heroic statisticians who protect it. Ninth, we should look under the surface of any beautiful graph or chart. And tenth, we should keep an open mind, asking how we might be mistaken and whether the facts have changed.